Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tuesday's episode of the Buffalo Blueprint. I'm your host, A. Rich, Akeem Richens. I have a, a very special guest with me. Uh, if you don't know me by now, get to know me. This is Built in Buffalo, but I have a very special guest. And, and this guy I've been trying to get on for uh, uh, some time now, the host of the Bills Brawl podcast, uh, founder of Trust the Process Analytics and Draft Value Score. Uh, please, everybody, welcome Mr. Charlie Gross. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. This is uh, my first live guest appearance. So, hey, man, we'll, hey, man. we're going to kill it. Uh, of, of course, of course. <laughs> and you know what? I, I, I know you will do well. I trust your football acumen. You have a lot of things to say on Twitter. A <laughs> lot of a lot of things could be controversial, but you always give knowledgeable information on the things uh, you believe. And before we start off, uh, I want to get since I have you on, I want you to educate and elaborate us a little bit more on on your on your brands. Uh, tell us the theme of your brands. Trust the process analytics and, and drive value score. OK, well, it's it actually started a few years ago maybe 2016-ish, I'd become a little disenchanted with the Bills in that, you know, obviously, like I think some people had, had, and they kept drafting running backs, and I got really mad at some point. And so I would still watch the games, but I kind of stepped back emotionally. I had just gotten married. I had kids, and there was just a lot. And, and I said, well, I can't always bring the emotion. I'll watch the game. I'm still a fan. So I kind of started becoming a fan of more of the NFL in general. Mm. And I've always been a big draft guy, but I really got into the draft and I was actually watching the draft one time and they said, oh, well, only 40% of these picks are going to be hits. And I kind of, and I'm kind of the devil's advocate guy. And I said, well, how do you know that? Like who, who's tracking that? Hey, and I yeah. Heard, yeah. Yeah. You know, I searched on the internet, couldn't find anything. So I said, okay, well, why not me? Why don't I track it? Why don't I, I come up with a metric? Mm -hmm. So I started this metric. It was terrible at first. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> of course at yeah, least you oh, yeah it was bad i actually tweeted at joe marino because because i figured how do i get people to like this you know i i needed somebody to take notice so i said well i'll pick joe marino from buffalo bill's guy yep. and either he's gonna block me or he'll respond and i figured <laughs> you know it would take like a year and finally he'd be annoyed with me took two tweets i tweeted at him that uh in 2018 that miles garrett was like a bust like, mm. and he was like, what are you, you're crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I, he, he was generous enough to talk to me on the phone for like an hour about it. And nice. I came away with, it's a great idea, but the scoring system was complete and total garbage. Mm. And he also pointed out to me that it was really doing two things for him. Not only was I establishing what was a hit or a miss, but I was mm. establishing value. And so that's why I named it draft value score because not all first rounders are equal, right? Like yep. go back and look at 2011, you know, you're, you're going to see guys who stayed in the league, but maybe pick 10 didn't do as well as pick 17. So right. it's easy to see that they didn't bring as much value back to their team. So mm -hmm. I said, okay, what if I, I tell you which guys a hit or a miss but then I'm going to tell you which guy brought the most value because then what we can do is we can compare franchises. We can compare general managers, coaches, player development, you know, all that stuff. So that's kind of how it started. And so eventually right. I'll have a score. Everyone I'll have a score for everyone. I don't yet. 
I'm still rocking that out. Um, and because it's only like a draft thing, like it's it's a it's a yearly metric. That's a career metric. So I would calculate it at the end of the year, and then once their career is over, their score is final. So I need something to be relevant during the season. Um, so I'm gonna have a completion percentage metric. I'm gonna have player grades. Yes, don't don't. <laughs> I know everyone in Bills Mafia loves player grades. A competition for PFF, huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Hey, competition breeds better qu- content, right? Most definitely. Most. And definitely. I, I'm a, I, I'm a student scouting academy, so I'll be writing some scouting reports and and that kind of stuff. So, but that's kind of the the core of it is the draft value score. Nice, man. And that's nice work. Uh, draft value score, trust the process analytics, both on the Twitter platform. Very yeah, can useful. you tell I'm a Bills fan? Trust the process. <laughs> uh, very useful and knowledgeable information. Once again, Charlie Gross, myself, A. Rich, Hakeem Richens. This is Built in Buffalo. Let me get into some comments, shout some people out like I like to do. Brandon, what's going on? How you doing, Brandon? My, bro- my boy Dave, what's going on? My brother Bobby. First thing first, tell people the Ertz trade was a fake report. Most definitely. It was definitely a fake report. Zach Ertz is not a Buffalo Bill yet. I'll say that yet. Uh, my own here. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Stacy Walker, let's go, Buffalo. What's going, what's going on, Stacy? What's going on? Brian, what's going on? First time first time in here, Brandon. Brian, uh, welcome. Built in Buffalo, A. Rich, Akeem Richards, my special guest, Charlie Gross. Uh, we have a lot to get into. FGH, what's going on, brother? What's going on? And let me not waste no time. Uh, we have some, some news to get into, and I want to get your initial reaction, initial thoughts. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders signs a one-year, $6 million deal with the Buffalo Bills, Charlie Gross, I want to get your immediate thoughts, immediate reactions to Emmanuel Sanders coming to Buffalo. I love it, man. I love it. I think it's great. I know people are probably surprised that I like something that the Bills have done. If you follow me on Twitter, I've been a little critical <laughs> lately. We'll get into that later, probably. Uh, yep. I, lo- I really like it. And it's it's so ironic to me that if, if you're familiar with the story, Brandon Bean's story of how Stefan Diggs came to be on the bills. He mentions Emmanuel Sanders that they had tried to, to sign him in, in the, you know, that day, I think they had tried to sign for him, sign him or trade for him. And then they ended up trading for Diggs. So it's funny that you get Diggs, and then, you know, you get Sanders a year later. It's, it's just, I think it's great. And, and this obviously will quash the, uh, the talk that Gabe Davis will be the number two. He's going to stay number four. And that's fine. There's no rush. He's he's a rookie. He was a good rookie. Leave some pressure off of him for another year. Let him get acclimated. Yep. I think it's a you know I think it's a great deal for the Bills. And you know what i I have to I have to agree. I think it's an excellent deal for our Buffalo Bills. Uh, some people would probably scarf at uh, how much he's being paid, $6 million. It may be too high for, for some guys, but we've constructed a lot of contracts where we've got steals of a deal. So every contract is not going to be the greatest or us fans are not going to agree with every contract that that the Buffalo Bills and Brandon Bean put out. But I think it's a great move. Uh, we got to think, right? Uh, we didn't have the money for any high price pe- uh, free agents. So a mid-tier or a mid-level signing made the most sense, especially with uh, the departure of John Brown. 
Emmanuel Sanders is a top name when it comes to being a mid uh, a mid tier or a mid level talent. We're talking about 61 receptions, uh, 662 yards, five touchdowns with Drew Brees and Taysom Hill as their quarterbacks, as their as their quarterbacks throughout the season. And yeah. I know Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame player, but at this point of both uh, his and Taysom Hill's careers, they don't possess the the upside and arm talent like Josh Allen. And in my opinion, he's not as explosive as John Brown. But he's a better overall receiver than John Brown. Emmanuel Sanders would have made that catch against the Houston Texans, keeping both feet in bounce. Emmanuel Sanders, I feel, would have been a bigger presence against the, uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC title game. Not as explosive, but better overall receiver. I want to get your counter thoughts for that before I get into the comments. Yeah, I, I think so. And this is a guy who, you're right, you're, you're losing some of that downhill burner speed with John Brown, but Emmanuel Sanders is a proven receiver. He played with Peyton Manning. Let's let's not diminish that importance. He's won a Super Bowl. He's played in playoff games. He's he's played with the one of the five greatest quarterbacks ever. How what can he do to help Josh Allen too? And Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. All these guys. I mean yep. come on this is like this is a legit veteran player. This is like, you know, how they do rent-a-players in hockey, for those of you who are familiar with hockey, right, where you trade for a guy with 20 games left because you want that extra spark. Right. This is that, except it's at the beginning of the season. Right. I, you know, I yep. mean. And what and what does, and what does this provide? This provides uh, an insurance policy just in case Gabriel Davis have a, a sophomore slump, right? Because uh, people believe in those those type of things, sophomore slumps, uh, sophomore slumps. I expect Gabriel Davis to take another step forward in progression. Any man that goes out and runs routes as soon as he gets drafted is is okay in my book. So I expect him to take that uh, next uptick in progression. But he's insurance, Emmanuel Sanders, just in case Gabriel Davis doesn't take that step. And also, he adds more firepower to the offense. So. Uh, uh, I think we are, are a well more rounded offense uh, at the end of this night thus far. So I, I really like the move. Let me get some thoughts on uh, from the comment section. Uh, do you think the Bills is just trying to build a? Uh, do you think that Bill is trying to build around Cam Newton? And do you think they they wasted money? We're going to get into that. We're definitely <laughs> going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Christopher says Sandy was on a one year deal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Jeff says, we hope Zach Ertz comes to Buffalo tonight. I hope he comes to Buffalo, period. I don't care if it's tonight, tomorrow. <laughs> Three <laughs> months I, from now. <laughs> I, I, I'm, a pa I'm a patient guy. Uh, Seth says, Brandon Bean is a magician. I, I really think so. I think Brandon Bean, he was the executive of the year this past year, and I think he's off to a tremendous start in, uh, in reclaiming his title. Uh, love the Sanders pickup. Uh, Shane Becker says Super Bowl. We'll see. We'll see. We still got some moves to make. Uh, as Jordan Poyer would say about the Sanders deal, big dubs. Yes, I think it's a big, a big dub as well. And he didn't fall asleep this time around, right? Emmanuel Sanders is awake <laughs> this time around. Right. I'm pretty sure watching Josh Allen and watching those highlights, he's like, damn, uh, I should have went there last year. If I yeah, could get another... If I can get another opportunity to go there, uh, I'm going to take that opportunity. And just like John Brown took the opportunity, now Emmanuel Sanders uh, is, take, is taking that opportunity. 
Good day. Shout out DM3. Shout out my brother DM3 once again. <laughs> Uh, built in Buffalo, A Rich, Akeem Rich, and smash that like button if you're not, uh, if you didn't already. We have over 70 people watching right now. We should have 70 likes. Definitely smash that like button. Me and my buddy Charlie Gross chopping up, chopping it up about a multitude of things around the NFL. And uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is a is a is a is a solid start for the Buffalo Bills. I think is a I think is a a good start for us to get. A different player besides resigning our own in free agency, but I want to talk about uh, some other things as well before we get back to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, as we all know, uh, free agency is officially on its way tomorrow, on the way tomorrow. But the NFL player agents uh, they have they are available to teams since the beginning of the week. A bunch of verbal agreements have been made this far, and I want to talk about the free agency moves that. That's been made that has more of a direct impact to the Buffalo Bills success. And um, the first team I want to talk about is the New York Jets. Uh, New York Jets, they hired their coach, uh, former San Francisco coordinator, defensive coordinator Robert Saller. Before we get into their acquisitions they made thus far and if they improved, I want to get your opinions and, and your thoughts on, on Robert Saller as a coach and the Jets hire him in the first place. When I first heard about it, I kind of chuckled, right? Because we, we pretty much dismantled his defense when we played it during the season. So, But, you know, more I thought about it, he's not necessarily – it sounds like he's going to be in the McDermott role, which is, okay, he's going to help with the defense, but he's also going to be a delegator. He's going to let his coordinators call plays, and, and he'll help game plan. So I think it's more about the things that I'm not sure. I You know – head coaches have to deal with going for it on third down and fourth down and when to punt and, and when to throw the challenge flag and silly stuff. Who's going to room with who? What's the team meal going to be? When are we flying out West? Like all that stuff. They'll, those are things like the practice schedule. It's just all that kind of stuff. And I have no clue, you know, what he's going to going to be like. I, he seems like a very nice guy, like a very professional guy. He reminds me of all the other coaches in the AFC East. They're all very professional men. They all yep. seem to have it together. He certainly seems to fit that ilk. For me, I guess I'm wondering how Douglas and him coexist mm. because the Jets obviously have set themselves up. The owners, the Johnson brothers, the idiot brothers have set themselves <laughs> up to have these conflicts where they want everyone to report to them and, and they like the infighting. But as we see in here, Buffalo, that's not the way to do it you so and i don't know if there's another situation in the league that has a mc a mcbean situation where the gm and the coach room together in their former team in training camp and talked were up late at night talking about what they were going to do if they ever ran a team together there's not that element there you know right. so so is joe douglas gonna get guys that joe douglas wants because the way it's supposed to work and people think i'm crazy when i say this but the way lewis riddick has said this the way it's supposed to work is the gm works for the coach the coach tells the gm what players they want and the gm's job is to go get them yeah it's not it, it's not the gm being like well hey i drafted this guy deal with it that's not the way it's supposed to work I so agree. that's going to be a huge key to their relationship is will the owner leave them alone and will they be able to work together and i mean that we don't know that but i i like him as a person 
and as and and we'll see as time goes on. So uh, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about this. Give my opinions, and then we're gonna take some comments because people are still talking about Manuel Sanders, and I like to give the people what they want. But uh, Robert Sala, Joe Douglas. The thing I like about the hire is Joe Douglas had no idea who Robert Sala was personally, right? And in the NFL, we see a lot of guys that's that's buddies and friends and friends and buddies. They want to get their guys the job, and they're not live. They're not really focusing on one hundred percent winning. Winning is right. the number one ultimate goal. They they're going to hire their buddy, even though their buddy doesn't have a a great resume as another guy, and even though their their buddy is not as talented as another guy, they're going to hire their buddy because it's their buddy. Joe Douglas hired Robert Sala because. He wants to win and he made the best decision for the organization. So I respect that about Joe Douglas. Uh, I think it's an excellent hire. Robert Sala is one of the, the fine, the fine young up and coming coaches in his NFL. Uh, when San Francisco went to the Super Bowl in 2019, Robert Sala's defense was second overall, uh, a ferocious defense. Even last year, I know the Buffalo Bills uh carved up Robert Sala's defense but I like to think of Josh Allen as a, a up there with Patrick Mahomes I expect him to do that when you're playing a team that that is uh has a slew of injuries like the San Francisco defense had yeah. they didn't have a lot of players but they were still top 10 overall in defense so uh that speaks volumes of how good of a coach Robert Sala is and uh 41 years old he's younger he's modern and these younger coaches are having success Matt LaFleur's of the world Sean McVay's of the world Kevin Stefanski's of the world these modern coaches understand and connect with these players today and I think uh with his energy and with his bravado I think it's going to be an excellent hire uh for the New York Jets but at the end of the day, uh, I have to call a spade a spade. Uh, they are still the worst team in the division today. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, <laughs> they, they, no doubt about still, that. They're I still mean. the worst. We're going to get into what they, what they did, but they're still in the, the worst team in the division today. And I want to um, go into the comments section. And we've been getting a lot of comments about Emmanuel Sanders. And let's, let's, let's check off these boxes, man. Despite his age, uh, Sanders is an upgrade over John Brown. Charlie, you agree or disagree with that? I agree. I agree as Definitely. well. Yeah. I agree as well. Uh, Kenny, uh, am I the only one who doesn't want to uh, trade a third-round pick for a 31 uh, tight end who is due <laughs> uh, $8.5 million? Or What's your thoughts on on Zach Ertz? How do well, you I, feel? Yeah, go ahead. That's the tricky thing, right, is because I know Dawson Knox is very polarizing, but I still think that he can be a very good tight end in this league. So, and I think the Bills still still feel that. It's not like they didn't know that mm -hmm. Dawson Knox was a project. I call him the Josh Allen of tight ends. This is a guy who played mm -hmm. quarterback in high school, yeah. switched to tight end in college, was on a team with uh, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and they never threw the guy the ball. I mean, what is he supposed to do? It's like Josh Allen. A scout told Joe Marino that Josh Allen was 10,000 reps behind Baker Mayfield. Okay, well, Dawson Knox is 10,000 reps behind, I don't know, George Kittle. You know, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. So, but the thing is, is, is you want to, they want to develop Knox, but they want more production out of the tight end spot. So, how do you do that? Because if you bring in a guy, let's say, like John Smith, I mean, you're not signing that guy to a one or two year deal. You're signing that guy to a four or five year deal, and he's going to dominate that position. So, 
I mean, I'd be willing to take an older tight end if it's for a year or two and they, and they find some way to keep developing Knox, but I don't want them to take a guy and he gets all the targets and Knox gets five catches. I mean that you shouldn't have drafted him then. If, if that's what your, your plan was going to be, you weren't going to be patient with the guy. So what you're saying is, uh, basically Zach Ertz, you, you, you're not a fan because what Zach Ertz would do is he would be the starter, uh, for right. the Buffalo bills at the tight end position. And we all know, Brian Dable, Brian moved the ball. He loves three wide receiver sets, four wide receiver right. sets. How I mean, much, he, is, if he is, wanted is to Black run two much? tight ends, he would have done it last year. They would have found right. a tight end last year. Right. But he so obviously I, doesn't want to do that. So I agree with you. That would kind of stunt the development of Dawson Knox if we don't change our philosophy if somebody like Zach Ertz won't, uh, comes into the fold. So it's, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Sanders would be good in the slot besides VZ. Uh, Christopher says, heard Daniel Hunter, DE Vikings once out. Think we have the money in picks? Uh, you know, we tried to get a JJ Watt, but now we made a <laughs> we now we made a slew of moves, and I don't think we have that money uh to 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 make this possible. I would love for it to happen. I just don't think it's it's financially possible at this moment. Charlie? Uh he's coming off a of spinal surgery. You remember Huge. that. Yeah, but he is. I mean, he is a guy who has, I think, fifty-four sacks in the last five years. But he'd he'd cost he'd cost us two firsts probably, or a first and you know two or three seconds or something like that. I would, if they did it, I'd be okay with it. But, and and I guess I shouldn't say, but I trust them to check the medicals. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe and and I mean, but it is like he he did he's coming off a of spinal surgery, so just keep that in mind. <laughs> you know. Most definitely, FGH Sanders offers uh, experience and versatility. He can mentor. He can mentor Davis and Hodgins. A lot of people is high on Hodgins. We're gonna see if he can make the team. Uh, he's versatile enough to play the slot or on the outside. Another weapon for Josh in a cheap contract. It's a W. It's a W for Buffalo. And you know what? I agree hundred percent. I agree. I think is. I think is a, a win for Buffalo. They got a a, a a very good number two receiver. They got a very good complementary receiver. When you think of complementary receivers. Uh, I think of guys like Emmanuel Sanders, and um, I think it's a good get. Let me last question before I move on. Gentlemen, always good to see you. What's going on, Larry? I'm good with Ertz coming in, still hoping uh, Carson comes in at running back, then draft defense, defense, and more defense. I like it. I like the opinion. Uh, Moving on, right? We was talking about Robert Sala a little bit. I wanted to get into uh, the New York Jets uh, free agent acquisitions thus far, right? Because uh, the Buffalo Bills are are going from uh, the hunting to the hunted. Everybody is making moves in the AFC East in the attempt to dethrone the Buffalo Bills. And uh, to be a Buffalo Bills fan, that is that is refreshing for me. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I want to get your I want to get your initial thoughts on the Jets' moves thus far. Corey Davis, three years, thirty seven million dollars. Uh, Carl Lawson, three years, $45 million deal. Jared Davis, one year, seven, uh, seven million dollar deal. Uh, how much did the New York Jets improve so far in free agency? I mean, I don't know if they've improved a lot at all for this year, but I, I will say I give them credit for going and getting Corey Davis because I always say that the Bills are the blueprint for how you bring along a young quarterback what they did with josh getting veterans 
isolating him as the only inexperienced variable was extremely important. It's extremely important. And the Jets need to do that. The Dolphins need to do that. So getting Corey Davis, you're getting, whether it's Sam Darnold or Trey Lance or Justin, whoever it is, Justin Fields, you're getting them a proven receiver. It's going to help the others, other receivers they got last year. I think uh-huh. Carl Lawson, they finally got a pass rusher after like 47 years of not yeah. having a pass rusher. The New York Jets finally have a pass rusher. And Jared Davis is a guy who, quite frankly, has been – the value he's returned has been horrid. But uh-huh. is that his fault? He was drafted by the regime before Matt Patricia for uh-huh. that defense. Matt Patricia uh-huh. came in, switched everything around, and Jared yep. Davis wasn't a fit. So yep. is that Jared Davis's fault? So when you're that bad as the Jets, why not take a flyer on a former first-round linebacker? I mean, what do you have to lose? You're terrible anyway. But if, if they can get in the young quarterback, these moves are going to help them be good in two or three or four years because you're doing what you need to do to try and develop your other young players by bringing in veterans, supporting your young quarterback with a guy like Corey Davis. So while they're going to be better this year, probably not but this will probably help them be better in the future if they continue to make the right moves. And you know what? I have to, I, I have to agree with your assessment. I, and I'm a piggy bank. I, I like the move thus far, I think. So it fits the theme for me of the Buffalo Bills offseason. I wanted the Buffalo Bills theme of their offseason to be fast, physical, and athletic. And I think the Jets mirrored that a little bit with these three guys, Jared Davis, Corey, uh, Corey Davis, Carl Lawson. They are fast, physical and athletic. Uh, Corey Davis is 6'3". Now you compare 6'3 Mims with 6'3 yeah. Corey Davis. So I, I, I really like that fact that I don't think Matt Patricia had a clue how to be a head coach in this NFL. There yeah. are some guys that are just coordinators and very good coordinators at that, but they're in over their heads when it comes to head coaching duties. And Matt Patricia was one of them. He tried to bring over that philosophy, that New England Patriot philosophy of that 3-4 defense, and it just didn't fit Jared Davis' skill set. Jared Davis is a sideline to sideline linebacker in a in a 4-3 defense. And I think that's going to be a sneaky good signing for the New York Jets. I, I really like what they've done thus far. And uh again, they don't have a quarterback, so I'm not necessarily concerned or worried. They have a couple of years, but it's a good start, and I think they are I think they are trending uh in the right direction. Uh, I want to go to the comment section because I'm seeing a uh, I'm seeing a lot of uh, the ball talk, right? So I want to get your your thoughts on on Brian Dable. Uh, Dave says, "I hope we don't have to worry about Dable all over again after this year." Um, Brian Dable has had a, a very good offense this past season, over 500 points, tops in the league, but we haven't been able to run the ball. Are we ignoring? That because he was so good uh, passing the ball. Well, what's your overall thoughts on Brian? I like to call him move the ball. (laughs) I love him. I I think it's been great. I think this is the first time where he's had a competent quarterback, um, competent everything around him. And that matters. You know, Bill Walsh, you know, Bill Walsh couldn't get Derek Anderson to the Super Bowl. Let's be honest. That was one of the quarterbacks, you know, Brian Dable had like we have to look at it in context and yeah I mean the running game is a bit of a concern 
And that's, mm-hmm. I think it's something tough to figure out. Is, is it, is it, did he not run the ball enough? Is it the offensive line? Is it the running backs? Is it all of it? Is it none of it? I think that's very difficult for us as a fandom and a content creating community to figure out because we're not really sure. You know, I, we're, I I don't know because Frank Gore took a lot of the seven, eight man boxes last year, which allowed Singletary to flourish. And then this year, Frank Gore is not there. So somebody else has to take that role. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really a tough question. It's a passing league. You want your team to pass, but you want them to be able to run when they need to run. They You want them to be able to run efficiently. And as far as will we have to worry about them next year, probably. I mean, he'll be a yeah. candidate. Yeah. I, but I don't know if, if his non-hiring had to do with how far the Bills went. Or maybe he, Brian Dable, just doesn't interview well. I mean, it, the interview isn't everything. And Rex Ryan interviewed great, and he was a moron. Right. So, you know, I, I think right. that, that NFL teams maybe put too much on the interview itself. But if the Bills score 500 points and they win, you know, they go 14-3. and three, Yes, there's going to be 17 games this year. They just haven't announced it. 14 and three, mm. uh, you know, and, and they go to the AFC championship game or something of why wouldn't he be a candidate? You know, I mean, those are the guys that just get the buzz, you know, I, but maybe he doesn't interview well. I'm not sure. And, you know, and maybe it was just, maybe it was just a distraction. The Buffalo bills, they put, they put forth that new rule in terms of, yeah. of, of coaches and, and, and getting interviews after the season. So maybe that was a distraction and it took the Buffalo bills to get to the AFC championship to, to put forth an idea that in my opinion should have been in place and should have been recognized sure. uh, way well before uh, the Buffalo bills got to the AFC championship game. So I, 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 I find that interesting, but I'm a fan of Ryan Dable. I really like, I really like his his offensive philosophy. It's modern. It's something that I want to see. It's a passing league. I, I I like the jet sweeps. I like the Statue of Liberty that I saw. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that was I, fun. I, I like the three and four and five wide receiver sets. I like to have the ball in my best player's hands, which is Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. So uh, I'm a big fan of of Brian Dable. And if we can run the ball more, find a way to run the ball more efficiently, not not necessarily more, but more efficiently, uh, right. I, I think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to be absolutely fine. Um, moving on, man, moving on. Uh, once again, A. Rich, Akeem Richens, got my buddy in here, Charlie Gross. Uh, happy to have him in here in uh, the, the Buffalo Blueprint. I want to talk about uh, the other AFC East team that's been making moves, and that is uh, the New England Patriots. Uh, they've been going on a tear, overpaying a bunch of players in, in hopes of reclaiming the throne, right? And in my opinion... They've been going against their their own tradition. They used to get rid of players when it was time for them to get paid. They used to get rid of guys. I remember uh, Jamie Collins uh, was coming up on his contract and and shipping them out. I remember mm-hmm. the the I remember the 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 Richard Seymour uh, days when he got uh, when he left yeah. and he ended up going to the Oakland Raiders. So now that uh we we remember how. The Patriots was, and now we're looking at newer times, and we see the Patriots signing uh, John O. Smith four years, 
uh, $50 million. We see Hunter Henry, three years, $37.5 million. We see Matt Judon, four years, $56 million. We see Nelson, Nelson Aguilar, two years, $26 million. Jalen Mills, four years, $24 million. The New England Patriots have been <laughs> on an absolute shopping spree. That $1,400 stimulus check, uh, they use rather far, man. <laughs> they use rather well. Uh, it, it goes very far. So my question is, and I want to have get a that, lot of kids. So you get that extra money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my question that I pose to you is, uh, do you approve the new Patriot way or are they a victim of overspending? I want to get your thoughts on this. I'm going to uh, chime in after and then I'm going to get some comments. I think it's just a clown show over there. I think that they don't know what to do without Tom Brady. And I, you looking back right on hindsight with this, oh, Belichick and Brady. Mm. It's more kind of like the Brady way. I mean, don't get me wrong. Bill Belichick, there's no doubting his defensive acumen. Mm-hmm. But without Tom Brady, I'm a, I'm a guy. I've been saying for 10 years that the Patriots roster has been trash. But they have a guy who's so good at running that system and so good at making people better. They, Tom Brady was the ultimate NFL outlier. Completely. Mm-hmm. I'm doing draft value scores of guys like Anthony Munoz, and they're mm-hmm. getting surpassed by guys you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Dan Coppin. Mm. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. it, it, it's, it's because of all the Super Bowls that they've gone to. It's because of all the the playoff games they've been to, and that's all because of Brady. The last time the Patriots had a good roster, Randy Moss was on the team. So they're doing all this. I don't know what they're doing. And the thing that makes me laugh the hardest is that apparently they're going to run the ball 60 times a game because they just signed this running back to a one-year deal worth $13.6 million. His name's Cam Newton. Like the guy is absolute trash. He's never been good at throwing the football. You're going to hear people tell you that back in 2015, he, no, he wasn't. He was never good at throwing the football. The guy's always been complete garbage. Always. So before I go into how I feel about the Patriots, I want to counter that right quick. Um, Patriots, uh, (laughs) Patriots re-signed Cam Newton. Uh, Charlie Gross says Cam Newton is trash. I'm not going to go that harsh. I don't think he's the best of quarterbacks and the best throwers of the football, obviously. But one guy that has been consistent throughout uh, Cam Newton's career is is uh, Greg Olson. Greg Olson is going to be a Hall of Famer, uh, Hall of Fame tight end for the Carolina Panthers. And Definitely. he had he had uh, Cam Newton as his quarterback for his prime years. So Cam Newton is probably going to be there when Greg Olson goes to Canton. The New England Patriots, they understand something. They understand that uh, Cam Newton is probably limited in certain areas. So let me go ahead and get two tight ends and Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith because any quarterback, especially uh, struggling quarterbacks or quarterbacks that have struggles passing and delivering the football, what are their best friends? Their best friends are tight ends. 
And yeah. I think uh, the New England Patriots having these two tight ends to go along with Nelson Aguilar and, and Kevin Bourne, two guys that are B-list receivers that's not going to complain when they're not getting the ball thrown their way. Uh, I think the, the the philosophy behind what Bill Belichick's trying to do is is – is a thoughtful one. Will it work? We don't know, but I think that they definitely came into this offseason with a with a direct plan and they're trying to execute on their plan. But I want to get back into uh the 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 question and the thought of hand. Do you approve the new Patriot way or are they a victim of overspending? And well, I mean, I, right. I, I, had to, I had to like really come hard at, at Cam because I need to get chat on my side because of the stuff I'm gonna say later. <laughs> um, <laughs> that they're not going to like. So, okay. and I can't wait no, to hear it. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I get what they're doing. You know, they've always been really good at utilizing tight ends. And if you have a quarterback who, who isn't the same as he was, it's obvious that his, his, his arm isn't the same. His shoulder isn't the same. And you're trying to do what you can, what better way than to get two really good tight ends. I would say to you that, their defense is going to be scary. They got mm -hmm. like eight guys who opted out last year who are all coming mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's not forget that. Mm -hmm. Like they lost more opt outs than I think anyone else, maybe yeah. except Denver. There's a lot of guys coming back. You know, yeah. I think they still have a decision to make on Gilmore and stuff yep. like that. So, I mean, if, if, if Cam can get really reclaim a little bit of that magic he did have, they're going to be a tough out. And I think with the spending, I think it's, I think their roster was so bad that they had to do something. This is like the Buffalo Bills when we like wanted to get Mario Williams and, and all that stuff. It's like their roster is so bad because Bill Belichick has been so bad at drafting. We, we've got 20 years of him, draft history of him that I can track, and he's at a 44% hit rate. Yeah, I mean, he's bad at it. Don't let anyone yeah. let, it, don't let everyone tell you that Bill Belichick's good at drafting. He's terrible at it. The thing yeah. he's good at is signing for agents and getting them to play well. And you know what? I I, I agree. And to, to counter that or to piggyback off that um, and answer the question, I'm going to say is a little bit of both here, right? Uh, $12 million annually for Nelson Aguilar and 14 for Judon and, and John o. Smith getting paid uh, Travis Kelsey money. Uh, those contracts are, are are ridiculous, right? But uh, I still kind of approve the pr approach, and here's why. Uh, you have an organization and a fan base that's been used to winning for the last 20 right. years. They've been used to winning for the last 20 years. The greatest quarterback, in my opinion, in NFL history is no longer there to mask their weaknesses where they was able to get away with uh, certain weaknesses in the past, right? Uh, to make matters worse is, uh, and putting more pressure on New England is to succeed right away, is the quarterback that you let walk uh, turns around and wins a Super Bowl the very next yeah. year. Not a not two, three years, four years later, the very next year. So when you combine the Super Bowl outcome with with the Patriot tradition, uh, I understand why they're doing what they're doing. So um, I want to get some some people's comments and, and thoughts on on both assessments that myself and, <laughs> and, and, and Charlie has made. Uh, Young King says, 
Patriots just trying to stay competitive. I think so. Bill Belichick has something to prove. I think Bill Belichick felt the way when uh, Tom Brady hoisted that Lombardi trophy. People start to talk. Who is it, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? We've been yep. getting those talks before Tom Brady went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and those talks are kind of answered now. A lot of people are saying uh, Tom Brady was the guy. Bill Belichick, Charlie Gross just said, Bill Belichick can't draft. He can't draft. And now those mistakes and those deficiencies get put into a, a, a higher spotlight. So it's definitely going to be interesting. Eric, they're going to be running 12 personnel a lot. Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. You got to play to their strengths. Two tight ends, a running quarterback. You don't need yeah. Joe Tooney. You don't need to Joe Tooney to resign him. You got Cam Newton that could elude certain pressures. So a lot they, of Sony Michelle in their future. <laughs> a lot of a lot yeah. of Sony Michelle and possibly Chris Carson. They're overpaying for for B list players. Uh let's get let's get some more comments. Let's get some more comments. Larry says Cam Newton and Sam Donald says enough about the pay, uh, the Pats and Jets in 2021. Both are garbage. Let them spend the money through the roof. Now, Charlie, do you think it's possible? That one of these teams, Patriots, Jets, or even if you have an outside team, land the services of Deshaun Watson. Oh man, I think one of them should, and I think one of them wants to. I think they all would like to. I've been uh, listening to a lot of Texans podcasts because I always try to listen to the teams that are refreshing their tree with new coaches and new GMs to come in on the ground floor. Man, Houston. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is a clown show. Yeah, over there. It's a shit show. It, it's the worst, one of the worst run franchises probably ever at this point. It's just bad. And and I get that he's under a contract and that they're not gonna. They're saying they're just not gonna trade him. Okay, well, he might just not play. <laughs> I, right, right. I mean, right. I, I don't know, like, if he's really gonna not do that. But these teams. I heard a thing two weeks ago that that. So Texans had stopped answering their phone and teams who wanted to trade for Watson were had to leave voicemails, <laughs> trade off wow. or voicemails. I, they should want Deshaun Watson, but the Texans are this crazy enigma bizarro NFL franchise. I don't know what they're going to do. Who knows? Yeah, uh, absolutely right. Uh, Dave said at this point, Belichick has more to prove than Brady. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting. Christopher says Brady made Bill. Uh, once you have a good quarterback, I think so. You think so? I, I think well, I, I have to agree. Think about it this way. Okay. When he came to the Patriots, they had Drew Bledsoe, right? <laughs> and then they drafted Tom Brady. Well, what mm -hmm. happened? Bill Polian said he had a first round grade in Tom Brady. Man, if you could have a time machine, you'd like go back and just tell him, please draft Tom Brady. Tom Brady, right. So that the Patriots don't get him, right? But imagine if they hadn't drafted Tom Brady. Do they have this success with Drew Bledsoe? I don't think so. I doubt it. So, yeah. I mean, he's just the ultimate NFL outlier. He just is. Yeah. And and that and that's no disrespect to Drew Bledsoe either. I think he was a hell no. of a quarterback, but Tom Brady is uh, the greatest quarterback of all time. And when you have the greatest quarterback of all time, uh, it certainly helps. When you have LeBron James on your team, right. it doesn't really matter if Frank Vogel is the is the coach Co of the LA Lakers. Up mistakes. <laughs> so um, definitely, definitely some interesting points. But I wanna I, I wanna get into our team. 
I want to get into uh, uh, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we've been seeing the moves that's that's been made. We've been seeing the moves that's been going on. We finally made our mini splash in, in the acquisition of uh, Emmanuel Sanders. But uh, the majority of our work besides that have been have been done for re-signing our own key guys, right? Besides Emmanuel Sanders, the majority of our work is re-signings. And I know uh, you had been some real critical of some moves <laughs> and some signings our Buffalo Bills have made. So I want to get straight to the damn point. I feel like I need and to pull up these tweets now. <laughs> I, I want to get straight to the Man, point. It's a long and, listen. And could the Bills have found an upgrade in talent for the money they spent on John Feliciano? Because he's the guy, uh, Matt Milano, four years, $44 million. Uh, uh, a, lot of, a lot of praise for that. More praise than than skeptics, right? Daryl mm -hmm. Williams, Daryl Williams, his contract, a lot of praise, more praise than skeptics. John Feliciano is, is more on the half and half trend. And I want to get your thoughts on, on this signing. Feliciano or Milano? Uh, John Feliciano. John Feliciano. Okay. I strongly dislike it. Strongly, strongly, strongly dislike it. And I think my, my tweet was, I quote tweeted the official Buffalo Bills tweet and I said, I don't approve of this. <laughs> That's all I said. <laughs> and that, that was enough for people to want to come for my life. Um, because, you know, I got the, well, you're not a GM, so what do you know stuff? And okay, well, I mean, talk radio has been around for years with the sole purpose of people complaining about their team and criticizing their moves. So uh, I just felt like, here's what I felt like. I liked the Morse restructure. I liked the Daryl mm -hmm. Williams signing. Mm -hmm. I wish they would have cut Vernon Butler. I'm glad they cut Quentin Jefferson. I understand why they cut John Brown. I like the other restructures that they made. Mm -hmm. But here's my point. They said that they need to look at the team, and if they have to kind of almost tear it down and build it back up, then that's what they're going to do. And I'm looking in the context of this roster is good enough to win the division, even with the moves that these other teams have made so far. My context is how do we beat the Chiefs? How do I get to the Super Bowl? Mm -hmm. I need you to build the beat the Chiefs. The last mm -hmm. thing I want you to do is run it back because it wasn't good <laughs> enough. It wasn't good enough. It's not. And we, I watched the Chiefs game, and this is what I said. I was like, holy crap like they're a lot better than us mm -hmm. and then i watched tampa beat them and i said uh-oh we're like they're here and we're way down here and we won 13 games like we've got serious things that we have to take care of and john feliciano to me is an average offensive lineman and i understand that everybody likes the fact that that he stood up for josh who cares that doesn't score touchdowns I don't care about that. Go watch a hockey game if you want to see people fighting. I want guys who can block. And I was terrified that they're going to run it back. We're talking about the running game. Is it the offensive line? If it is, we're stuck because it's the exact same offensive line. They brought everybody back. So yeah. what do you – okay, so you're going to draft a guy. You're not going to sit 
Feliciano. You're saying Cody Ford's in the mix. You like Bacher. Mm-hmm. I, wh- I, what are you doing? That's my point is, is John Feliciano to me is average. average and did the offensive line play a little better when he came back? Sure. But the reason why John Feliciano had to get into that fight is because he let Chris Jones serve him his lunch and Josh got destroyed. If John Feliciano can block Chris Jones, Josh never takes those hits, and John Feliciano knows he have to stick up for him because the guy would never hit Josh because he wouldn't come through the line. So, like, I don't know. I know we're all fans, and fans short for fanatic, and we love the Bills, but, like, it's okay to say that there's players on the team that, that they can get better. And he's one of the guys who we can get better at, I think. That's so I was sorry. That was like my point. Hey, there. hey, hey man, <laughs> hey man, it's nothing wrong with Ranson. It's nothing wrong with Ranson. It's it's good to have different opinions. So now we can have a a, a mini d- debate now, right? I know now, he didn't let Chris Jones beat him. I understand, but like Chris Jones still beat him. I, I John, it's not like I understand John Feliciano wasn't like here you go, Chris. I I get that, but like he still got beat. So don't you want to upgrade that position so he doesn't get beat again? Now, I mean, now, I don't know. Now but, let's counter. Now, now, now let's have a mini debate about this. Continuity matters. Continuity and stability matters. And when you have, when you, when you, when you have a, a player that's coming back from a, a, a shoulder injury, coming back quicker than than he expected from the shoulder injury. When you have a team that hasn't had a normal preseason, hasn't had normal OTAs, hasn't had preseason games, hasn't had the 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 necessary continuity, the necessary chemistry to really to really mesh as a collective unit, I think that matters. I think that that accounts for something. Chris Jones, as much as he dominated and and I I, I do believe that he was a beast and he popped out on screen. Uh, we have to contain him better. And I think uh, coaching wise, it's possible that we could, could scheme better and coach better to, to to block a guy like a Chris Jones, who is, by the way, one of the uh, best top three interior linemen in all of the NFL. So uh, when you have the continuity issues that I think most of the NFL had, the uh, to go along with some things that uh, Brian Dable feel that he can do different uh, philosophically, I think that it's worth having John Brown come back. I seen Andy Dalton get crushed, and nobody around Dallas went to help uh, Andy Dalton. Nobody around Dallas, no offensive linemen, no defensive linemen, no players went to the aid of Andy Dalton, and everybody was upset with that. You're not going to get that shit with John Feliciano. John Feliciano is going to beat somebody up <laughs> if he, if right. anybody does anything to Josh Allen or any teammate of his of the Buffalo Bills. And that is why uh, I like him, and I think uh, he deserves to be on the team. Uh, counter? Yeah, I, I, I see why they did it. I'm not saying I can't see why they did it. I'm, I'm just saying I wish... I wish they would have upgraded that position because that argument is, well, why can't you find that in a better player? I mean, you're John Feliciano's the only offensive lineman in the NFL. Who's going to stick up for Josh Allen. The only one that's, that's kind of like what you're, I I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, Mm -hmm. okay. 
Like, there's nobody else in the league who you could find or in the draft to do that? Nobody? And we're talking about how we want to get rid of Andre Roberts and Isaiah McKenzie and get one guy to do all that stuff and condense those positions. Okay, well, that's kind of my point with Feliciano. Like, get a better player who's still nasty. I, I totally get why the Bills did it. I totally get their mindset. And sure, we can't know. I don't know enough about football to sit there and say, okay, well, if they change this and change that and do that, that'll help the offensive line do this. Like that's up to the coaches. I'm not a, I'm not a coach. I'm not in the organization. I'm a fan who comments on things that I like and things I don't like. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I have the answer to everything. I'm just saying my initial reaction was, was like, okay, well, I'd like to get better at that position. (laughs) That's all. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get some comments, man. Let's get some comments. Uh, Young King, my brother, Young King. Our old line had no continuity. Our offensive line, uh, point, uh, point, big dogs. But everybody's entitled to their into their own. Uh, excellent comment. Excellent comment, Corey. Who stops Chris Jones? That's an excellent question. Uh-huh. Tampa. I mean, uh, contain. We we want better <laughs> containment, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Right, right off the bat, Tampa. Right off the bat, we definitely want to be better. We definitely want to be better. Uh, John Herring. Who doesn't get beat? Uh, it was, I think, I, I, so I think, uh, speaking for Charlie, I don't want to put words in Charlie's mouth, but it was the amount of times we got beat in the AFC Championship game, and it was how, how it looked. It looked like it was in dominating fashion the way uh, John Brown got beat sometimes. So that yeah. could be I mean, I understand the like part. Guys are going to get get beat, right? Like I, I watched Bruce Smith in person play. Like, you know, I get it that guys are going to get beat. I also saw John, Bruce Smith get stopped by Richmond Webb, Tony Baselli, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's possible. I'm not saying that I want a guy who's going to stop Aaron Donald and he'll never get through the line. I understand that those guys are going to win. But it was, like, all the time. So, so. Charlie. Kenny Riggleman, my boy's McCrenny, says, I agree. Feliciano's average at best. I'm glad he came back for cheap, but I'd rather have five other guards who are free agents right now. Kenny says he'd rather five other Man, guards. Five. Let's go. Name, name, name me one. Oh. Give me one or two names that you would rather have. Now I got to look guard. up the free agency list. <laughs> uh, I mean, people Jackson. talk a lot about Gabe Jackson, right? Yeah. Which, ironically, Feliciano was his backup <laughs> in Oakland, right? So that would be right. funny, right? Sign him right. and then. I mean, I'm not saying it's necessarily free agency, you know, like, like I understand. And I I love the fact that Brandon Bean goes into the draft, not really needing anything. I I love it. I think it's great. I'm a draft guy, but I mean, there's like 10 guards that are going to go in the first 80 picks. Just pick one. You, you, they got to like a couple of them. (laughs) I mean, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know their big board. I'm not in there. But you, you, they've got to like somebody. They drafted Cody. They traded up for Cody Ford. What's your thoughts on Cody? Uh, I like. <laughs> I think. I think that if you're going to give Josh Allen three or four years to develop, for me, I want to be consistent and I want to give everybody three or four mm. years to develop. I'm not going to okay. nitpick and say, "Well, I like Josh Allen because he likes Buffalo." I'm going to give him four years but I don't like Cody Ford. So I'm going to give him two years to me. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I will say that the Buffalo bills have not been good at managing the offensive line since Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean got here. 
I don't know if you can really argue too much with that. And I'm not even talking about Wyatt Teller. I'm just saying, especially the interior. Brandon Bean made a point to talk about Ike Butker and how he excelled when they put him in one spot and left him there. And I watched an interview and I started screaming at my computer. We'll do the same thing for Cody Ford. I, I think that it's, they owe him the chance to sit at one spot and see if he can do it. They're moving him here. They're moving him there. They're doing this. They're doing that. Just lay him in one spot and see what he can do. And if he's not good, then you don't extend him, but you've got to at least give him a chance. They're not even giving him a chance. And, and, and shout out my sister, Brooke. She agrees. I know she agrees with you 100%. She's been saying the same thing. And like I alluded to on, on past shows, uh, I have to agree with your assessment. Um, we haven't handled the offensive line particularly well. I'll take it a step further. We haven't handled the Cody Ford situation particularly well. We handled Cody Ford, in my opinion, like we handled Josh Allen his rookie year. When Josh Allen was there with A.J. McCarron and Nathan Peterman and those quarterbacks wasn't getting enough reps and we didn't know uh, who was who because we didn't get a chance to see anybody because it was just uh, too much reps to go around for three quarterbacks. It wasn't enough reps to go around right. for three quarterbacks. So I think we mismanaged that Josh Allen situation in the beginning. And I think it mirrors the Cody Ford situation. We have him over at tackle. We have him over at guard. Let's have him play one spot where he can uh, prove that he belongs in this NFL. One thing that you said that you want to give guys uh, uh, the same amount of development time, I, I agree with that, but I'm going to take it a step further. These guys have to, sh have to show me that they deserve for us to keep them uh, in the loop in terms of their development. They're going to have to show that that some type of progression. Josh Allen from year one to year two showed progression. From year two to year three showed progression. And I don't think so far Cody Ford has shown any type of progression. So um, we're going to see what happens with that. Yeah, no, okay. I would agree with that. Other comment, John. So the fact that Mongo was playing injured means nothing. Does this guy understand? Uh oh, we got we got some we got somebody. Well, Charlie's used to this. Charlie's used to this. Uh, does this guy understand what happens to upper body strength with torn pecs? Uh, do you think his injury had anything to do with it, or do you think he was fully healed? I mean, no, I don't know what playing with a torn pec is like, but I can tell you that at the end of 2019, out of nowhere. All these guys started having surgeries, right? We never knew about them, and they seem to play fine to me. I don't know. <clears throat> Was he hurt? Well, then don't play. And, right. and if you're going to come in at 70% or 80%, then that's going to show on the field. Right. Uh, like I said, uh, I like the Buffalo Bills, but I can still be objective. Like That's my goal is to be objective. A hundred percent right. A hundred percent right, man. And once again, a rich, Akeem Richens, uh, my, my boy, Charlie gross. If you haven't smashed the like button yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Please smash that like button. Uh, there's a lot of things that we've been discussing throughout the night and I want to move on to, to the last thing, right? We've been talking about the bills. We spoke about Feliciano and, and how, our, how we felt we showed our differences and expressed our differences. <laughs> um, We've seen what's been going on around the league. 
We've seen what the New England Patriots has been doing. We see the Jets are trying to improve their team. The Miami Dolphins are trying to improve. Bud Dupree going over to Pittsburgh. The AFC uh, as a conference in general looks like they was good last year. Looks like they're going to be even better uh, this year. So uh, I want to get your thoughts. What other moves would you like to see the Bills make this offseason? Oh, man. Well, the thing that I've been pounding the table on, it seems like for almost 18 months now, is getting that big nickel. You know, I think that was something that the mafia was obsessed with <laughs> last year for sure. It's like all we could talk about. And this year is no different. I mean, the Bills are just bad at, you know, covering tight ends. I and know. I don't yeah. say, I'm not saying that the guy, if we draft a guy, he's going to be this amazing guy. But, yeah. I think you've you've seen, you know, Tampa ran sort of a three safety thing. The Chiefs ran a three safety thing against us, and we mm -hmm. couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. You've got to get somebody in there, whether that's a uh, Hamsa Nasrulladin from Florida State. He's like six four, like two twenty. You know, day two guy. Somebody else. I mean, they've got to get somebody in there who can, you know, at least attempt to take care of Kelsey because that was kind of like Matt Milano slash Saran Neal's job and they were not good at it. So we've got to figure that out. That's the one thing that I really, really want. And the other thing that I really, really want, and I don't know where it's going to come from, whether it's a running back three or you know, the wide receiver four or five, but we need to make the Kansas city chiefs as terrified of speed as we are of their speed there, the Buffalo bills organization is terrified of Tyreek Hill and me, Hardman. They're mm -hmm. playing prevent defense. Anyone who mm -hmm. plays Madden, that's a prevent defense. Mm -hmm. They're way back there. Mm -hmm. We need that. Whether that's Travis Etienne, Chuba Hubbard, Kadarius, Tony Rondell Moore. I don't know who it is, but we've got to make them afraid of speed. Just like we're afraid of it. Cause we're terrified of it. And those are the two things that I'd want. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm going to agree. Uh, hybrid linebacker safety. We we can't cover uh, safeties. Uh, excuse me. We can't cover tight ends for shit. And uh, <laughs> no. Matt, Matt, Matt Milano's been getting high praise, and the defense looked good and is better and five and zero oh and as uh, thirteen and one when when Matt Milano is in. But <sighs> even when he's in, we cannot cover the tight end so a hybrid linebacker safety is is definitely something that uh should be addressed for our buffalo bills i'm interested to see the progression Cyron neil takes because i like Cyron neil i think he has the size for that big nickel obviously he can't be trusted and we have to find an upgrade but uh it's going to be interesting to see uh i also uh, the number two cornerback position. I'm tired of of of, of <laughs> shuffling. I'm tired of this high turnover, this high turnover thing going on with the number two cornerback position. Uh, Vontae Davis leaving at halftime, and 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 Josh Norman. It's time for us to solidify the number two cornerback position. We have Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde and Tre'Davious White in that back end for the foreseeable future. Let's pair another guy to to get the continuity and the consistency going with every body in that back end so that's another position i would love to have uh tight end tight end is a is a position that i think could be a a a, a man's best friend for josh allen i think tight end would open up things for 
uh, uh, Stefan Diggs. I think it will open up intermediate routes for Cole Beasley. And I think that it'll be a, a, another weapon for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I seen the Kansas City Chiefs offense. I seen the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stroll out Chris Godwin and Mike Evans as their two wide receivers. We need as much offensive firepower as humanly possible. And right now we have some deficiencies at the running back position and we have some deficiencies with the tight end. So I think those are two spots uh, we can upgrade to become a more explosive unit uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So those are things I think we need and an uh, obvious one is edge rusher, but edge rusher is just is a premier position that's just too yeah. damn hard to find. It's and just I don't, tough. To I don't think I don't, I don't I don't think we're going to find it. JJ Watt was our hope. I don't I don't I, I don't. Think <laughs> Your we're only find hope, it. JJ Watt. Yeah, I mean, you got Javadian Clowney out there, but I just I'm not sure we oh, have the money right now, man. You don't, uh, you don't oh. like Clowney, do you? You don't no. like Clowney. <laughs> should, I, should I say I that? Like him. No, I don't like Clowney. Should I say too? I, I don't want this to. I know you, you don't want this to run forever, but uh, I'll throw myself on the the fire here, and and I'll I'll say, say, it. say it. I didn't like the Milano signing either. Like that was really what got everyone going <clears throat> a couple days ago, and people were calling me a clown and all that stuff, which is fine. But I did, that was my first uh, quote tweet of the Bills account that I said I I didn't like that re-signing either. So if anyone wants to. You know, yeah, and, come for my life. Go, go ahead. I, <laughs> uh, well, I'm interested. This, I'm interested to know why. Now, we all love, we all love Matt Milano. We see the Matt Milano <laughs> play, uh, but you, you talk some things, and then when I do some research again, uh, a lot of people don't like PFF. But PFF, he's a he's a 55 grade, which is atrocious. So, right. <laughs> what is what is what is PFF and you seen uh, from Matt Milano that? myself and other fans that uh, that like Matt Milano aren't seen. Well, I want to say that I don't love PFF grades, first of all, except the quarterback grade. I think the quarterback grade is amazing. I think that the other PFF grades are, it's a ball-centric grading system. Uh-huh. And so I understand, you know, I've read all their articles, so I, I understand how they grade and why they do what they do. Uh-huh. And that's fine. And I use PFF grades in the context that I think they should be used in, not the uh-huh. context that PFF uses wants me to use them in. Correct. Because I think that they misrepresent and, and all that stuff. I well, yeah. Shout out to EJ, my co-host who works for PFF, by the way. <laughs> Shout out EJ Daniels. <laughs> yeah, EJ. Um, <laughs> but it's really their advanced stats that are fantastic. And those are the stats that teams do buy from them like the you know tackling efficiency and stuff like that and that stuff that Milano struggled with he's like 78th in tackling efficiency and and he let up like 22 completions on 34 uh targets and stuff like that and I think that in 2018 Milano was playing at an all pro level and then he got hurt and I think since then he hasn't been the same and don't get me wrong there's plays that he makes like the way he can break up screen screens and and he can cover running backs like on the edge. There's a lot of stuff that he does that I think is good. My point again is that he does miss some tackles. Um, and my my point is my context is how are we gonna beat the Chiefs? It's all about the Chiefs, baby. And Matt Milano, to me, your job, at least partially, is to keep Kelsey at bay. And it would you not good, my man. Not good. And I know that's a tall order and Kelsey six four. Okay, well that's the job. Yeah. If you want to get to the Super Bowl, you've yeah. got to contain Travis Kelsey. That's the job. Yeah. 
If you don't like it, retire, as far as I'm concerned. So that's my point is, is the, the skill set that Milano brings makes the defense go. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. a skill set that if you look, you can find it all over the draft. Mm-hmm. Owusu Koromoa, Jabril Cox. You guys have heard all these names before. Mm-hmm. That's the skill set. So my point was is, why don't we get a guy who has the same skill set who's maybe going to be a little better at those other things? Now, once again, I get why they did it. I totally get why they did it. It was as much about Milano as it was about Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine mm-hmm. Edmonds needs him right now. Tremaine mm-hmm. Edmonds is not at the point in his career where he can stand alone and make players better. He's still a little late on his fills and gaps. He still doesn't mm-hmm. take great angles. And mm-hmm. having Matt Milano there makes up for that. So I understand why they did it. I would have preferred to not resign Milano and get that skill set in the draft. But I understand why the Bills thought it was important to do it. Got there it. <laughs> Got it, man. Nice. It was a nice, nice assessment. I like how I, I like how you broke it down. Excellent assessment. And uh, we're going to go in before we get out of here. We're going to go in. We're going to take some comments, and we're going to we're going to take all the comments we can take uh, before we get out of here. So this is the stretch of the show where we're done with our topics, and we're now we're just going to take random comments. We're going to see what the fans are thinking, and we're going to see if we could provide input and insight based on their comments. So. Corey says Landon Dickerson. I believe that's the lineman from Alabama, right? Offensive yeah, lineman? Yeah, uh, hurt a lot. He was their center, if I'm not mistaken. I, I mean, he's a you know process guy. He's a you know tough guy. The the Feliciano kind of toughness thing. I mean, but I think he had a serious leg injury this year. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's that's the one thing is like a draft guy. I I can't. I don't get the medicals. You know, right, that, that's right. the two things that draft guys are going to tell you. They don't get the medicals. We don't get the medicals, and we can't take these guys out to dinner. So, ta- so, so med- medicals are silent based on pure solely on talent. Sure, I mean, if you want to draft them and move them over, but but then again, where do you put them? Because you signed resigned Feliciano, you got Cody Ford, you got like Bucker Ryan Bates. So, I mean, if if you want to. I mean, you're drafting him probably on day two, but he would mm-hmm. be like a bit of a, a a project in the sense that he's behind like four guys on the depth chart. So, mm-hmm. I mean, do the Bills want to spend their resources that way? I, I don't know. But he's tough, son of a, you know what? <laughs> I mean, so that's that's going to get right into the next question because Cody Ford, we don't know what we got in Cody Ford. What you, what's right. your thoughts about Rishi Incognito? Mm. I mean, didn't they cut him? <laughs> I, they I, cut him. I, mean, he like, he I think he. I think he bad blood. He wanted a contract yeah. extension. He wanted more I money. Mean, like I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's hard to come back from that when the the team who cut you wants to. Re- I mean, he's one of the best six or seven guards in the league, probably. But he's also thirty eight, and they cut him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and there was that weird thing, and 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 and. Maybe that was a mental health thing for Richie, and I certainly am not going to disparage that at all because that's in my family. That whole weird episode that he had, that I, I hope that he's better now. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why they cut him. But he's 38 and they cut him. I mean, I don't know what the relationship is with him. If they think he's crazy or they don't like him or maybe they love him. I, I don't know. But 
I mean, he's 38. <laughs> 38, you know. Yeah. And, and, and hey, that's fair. That's fair to say. Fair to say. I worry about Mitch Morse concussions, and I worry yeah. about him too. I worry about him too, and do. And I think when about Mitch Morse uh, concussions, I think about John Feliciano. Is is that part of a reason why? The Buffalo Bills signed him as well because he does have that capability and versatility to slide into center if need be. If Mitch Morse indeed gets hurt or he has a concussion, we could slide Feliciano over to the center and he could do an adequate job in the absence of Mitch Morse. So uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I worry about Mitch Morse concussions just as one human to another. Uh, I, you know, I mean, uh -huh. those are traumatic brain injuries. Yeah, I certainly don't want him to get any more. And there right. was a report going around that, you know, the Bills were going to cut Morse and just move Feliciano to center, which sounds crazy to me, but I don't, mm. I'm not an offensive line coach in the NFL. Right. I But I, I think Mitch Morse is a fantastic pass blocking center. And I think he's probably below average run blocking center. So, and, but they, I mean, they throw the ball like 500, I mean, just crazy amount. So, I mean, you got to have Morris, I think, on your team if you're going to pass that much. If you're going to back off the passing and run more, okay, then I'd be more on board with, hey, maybe, you know, maybe you do need a guy like Feliciano at center. But if you're going to pass the ball just as much as they did, Mitch Mitch Morris is the guy. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Pink says, do, every, do everyone think Josh Allen would take Buffalo Bills team to a lot of Super Bowls or playoffs games kept games keep up the good work and uh, great positive to rock with to rock with you love bills uh I understand I think I understand the comment uh, I think Josh Allen in my opinion is a franchise quarterback and as long as you have a franchise quarterback you're going to be in the running for a playoff contention uh year in and year out so uh that's that's how I that's how I answer the question Definitely FGH smash that like button. Charlie Gross. Corey wants to know, what do you guys think? What do you think of Zach Ertz? Um, what? I mean, I don't know. What What would we trade for Ertz? I don't. I mean, Howie Roseman's such a weird GM. I My guess is that you could get it done with a day three pick, like a fourth rounder, maybe make it conditional into a third next year if – you know, whatever those conditions are, how teams do that. If he plays a certain amount of snaps or wins the Super Bowl or whatever, I, I mean, I'd start at a fifth. <laughs> yeah. Because he's older and, and he has yeah. a, you know, not a prohibitive contract, but, and, the, uh, mm -hmm. and they're obviously looking to get rid of him if, if he's on the market. Yep. So, I mean, I, I was, I would start with a fifth too, but would you, would you rather give up an asset? to get Ertz or would you rather sign a tight end let's say like Gerald Everett in free agency yeah I'd probably rather sign Gerald Everett to be honest you know you don't know about Ertz they you kind of reach that that plateau I'm not saying it's a plateau like a running back plateau but he is 31 I mean you just don't know mm -hmm. how much these guys have have in the tank so I'd rather sign um yeah, I'd rather sign somebody else, I think, is how I, I'd do it. I like it. I like it. Let's see. Let's get some more comments in here. Fimo, that was the injury, right? That's that's the Cole, uh, Cole Beasley injury. Cole Beasley, 
Uh, he should be uh, fully recovered by the time by the time OTA start. Uh, Greg Newsom or Tyson Campbell would be great. Would be great number twos. I have to look up both of them. I have to look up both of them. Yeah, Greg uh, Newsom's getting a lot of buzz right now. Um, he's, he's a he top is. five corner in the class. Okay. Um, I think Campbell's more of like a day day two guy. Okay. Um, it's the Georgia guys I think who have are you know. Uh, that one guy ran like a four two four or something. Eric Stokes. Take that for what it is, you know. I mean, if he's there at thirty, that'll be a interesting. That'll be interesting. Yeah, It'll definitely be interesting. Uh, well, let me get your thoughts. Uh, I really like this guy. I think that uh, I saw an uptick in the entire defensive play from the team that he went to when he went there. What's your thoughts on Carlos Dunlap? Yeah, I, yeah, he did great in Seattle. And I'd I'd love to have him. I yeah. definitely I you know, I that's going back to our discussion of what are you gonna do at edge? And and it's it's difficult to do something because it's such a premier position in the draft that if you don't draft one in the first round, you're not really getting a guy necessarily on day two or day three that's gonna come in and give you that immediate impact. At the same time, they go really fast in free agency. So right. the question becomes is do the bills have any money left too, right? If we're really gonna talk about it. I'd love to have Dunlop. I don't know if they can get him. I would I would love to have him as well. I, I wonder when Jordan Poyer was out there working out with those guys, what 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 kind of compensation <laughs> Carlos Dunlap was thinking about because uh I think he would be a a a great acquisition for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, def defensive end, I think he sets the edge well. I think he brings some pass rush ability and I think uh it will be infectious throughout that entire defensive front. So, uh I would definitely like uh a, a Carlos a Carlos Dunlap. Uh uh great comment, great comment, man. Great comment. Uh once again, A Rich, Akeem Richens, uh, Charlie Gross, built in Buffalo. If you don't know me by now, please get to know me. This has been an excellent, excellent show. Charlie Gross has came on, blessed my show with a, a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> he's not, uh, he's not afraid to to get called names because <laughs> he has he has an interesting take and he's not afraid to go against the masses. So that's why I really appreciate Charlie Gross and his acumen and for him coming on the show today. Charlie, do you have anything you want to say before we get out of here? Any any place we can find you, any any work you have coming out in the near future? Uh, give us the scoop on Charlie Gross before we get out of here. Yeah, uh, like it says right down here, you can find me on Twitter at Charlie underscore gross underscore. Uh, yeah, that Matt Milano tweet got me a 14-hour running Twitter battle with the mafia on, on Twitter. So, yep. but I, I'm all, I'm here for it, man. I love talking football with people. Um, I am also the host of the Bills Brawl podcast on the Brawl Network. Uh, my co-host is EJ Daniels. We have Thursday shows and Friday shows. We're actually going live for the first time on Wednesday night at nine o'clock. So if anyone wants to check that out, feel free to check that out where hopefully we don't screw anything up. Uh, <laughs> the Twitter handle for that is at bills brawl. And of course I have my analytics company coming out. Um, eventually we'll have a website. I think I'll probably just start with a, a Patreon and do half free content, you know, half not uh, draft value score. I got some sort of player grades, completion percentage metric coming out. That'll be uh, starting up in August. So that'd be awesome if you guys would be willing to at least check that out. Give me, you know, 10 minutes of your time on there. That'd be fantastic. And I want to thank you for having me on the show, man. I loved it. Great time.
Yeah, man, I, I loved it as well. It was an awesome, enjoyable time, and it was also great uh, once again continuing to interact and share this dialogue with not only Charlie but uh, with the rest of the Buffalo Bills fan base. Uh, us at Bills in Buffalo, we're going to try our best to stay consistently consistent in giving up-to-date Buffalo Bills knowledge and information. Once again, I am Akeem Richens. Uh, my guest, Charlie Gross, fantastic job tonight. This is Built in Buffalo, and until next time.